Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of John, chapter 5. Verse 25, most certainly I tell you, the hour comes, and now is, when the dead will hear the Son of God's voice, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. He also gave him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Hmm, wonderful words, and frankly an awesome truth. How many of us can relate to those words? Indeed, we were dead, and now we are alive. The dead will hear the Son of God's voice. That's who and what we are before we are made alive in Christ, which is as good as dead. When we are born again, we are alive for the first time in our lives. This is a great passage to clarify what it means to hear the voice of God. Because it means more than Bible reading entering our ears. You see, the word here means, quote, to comprehend, to understand, end quote. It means that the words find root, they grow, they bear fruit. It's when God's words actually affect our mind and our soul, bringing us first to surrender and then to repentance and then finally to discipleship. It is these people that hear and live. Jesus, again, claiming deity, says that while indeed God has the power of life to give it and to take it away, that he too has the power and the authority to do so. Clearly, Jesus is claiming to be equal with God. Several times in this chapter, Jesus has used the phrase, most assuredly, meaning you can take it to the bank. Verse 28 says, don't marvel at this, for the hour comes in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Do not marvel. Hmm. Apparently these words Jesus was speaking was causing the Pharisees to look at him, well, we would say slack-jawed. They no doubt would have been shocked by what they were hearing. No man had ever made such claims as he was making, and certainly none could back them up as he did. But Jesus could, and Jesus did. Few men could state that they intended to raise the dead from their graves unless they, you know, had some muscle to back up that claim. Now don't make a doctrinal error here that we find in verse 29 by understanding it to mean that, well, that those who do good go to heaven and those who don't do good go to hell. Because frankly, we must remember Romans 3.12, which says, there is no one that does good and no, not so much as one. It is the born again believer that has embraced the act of the cross of Jesus, the one that has received eternal life. Now, We need to understand, most assuredly, those who are reborn will do good works. But good works are a result of salvation, not a method to attain salvation. Scripture says so over and over again. 
It is a sure fruit of salvation. We both desire to do and act to do because of our new life passion. We are therefore able to look at our lives and judge ourselves. 1 Corinthians 11.31 says, For if we discerned ourselves, we would not be judged, quote unquote. So let me ask you, is there fruit? Is there good works coming forth from your life? Verse 30 says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my righteous, or excuse me, my and my judgment is righteous. Because I don't seek my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. Now, please note that I don't seek my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. You see, Jesus had only one agenda, and that was to do his Father's will, and thus further his kingdom plans. And he speaks in emphatic and total terms. How different our lives would be if we just had that same heart. Instead, we reject God's grand plans, or at least so often, even his grand plans for each of us individually because, well, we can't seem to see beyond how they affect us in this world and the things we want for ourselves. Proverbs 21.2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but Yahweh weighs the hearts. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way which seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. This verse is especially poignant when we note the language is, I can do nothing. So therefore, our efforts to circumvent God's plans ultimately only prove to be, well, an exercise in terrible futility and can finally waste away our lives in pride and in self-centered pursuits. And it matters little if we hang a busy doing ministry sign on our plans. Such a sign fails to sanctify anything, gang. For if they are not his plans, then they will all come to nothing. I wonder how different our service unto God would be if we served only with the mentality, what is best for him, his long-range plans, and the people we serve. Instead of attempting to set up our own kingdoms, even if they are ministry kingdoms. Verse 31 says, If I testify about myself, my witness is not valid. Now Jesus continues here in the same line of thinking. One that states uh, a self-testimony, or that at one self-testimony rather, our opinion of ourselves, that this matters really little. Because in our flesh, such opinion is inevitably skewed. That is why it is so important to have those around us, especially those of us in ministry service, who will hold us accountable and speak the truth concerning who we really are. And the fact is, many of us just simply run away. Many of us have run away and even went on to start other churches because we don't want accountability and we don't want people around who will speak the truth to us. You see, without that voice in our lives, we stand in the danger of self-delusion and isolation. So many people will close off all those who love them and truly know them when they get the idea to be or to do something that the hearts around them fail to support. These folks, quite simply, as I've said, just run away. Only to be found out 
months and years later. Tritus, such a devastating disease, gang. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.